4: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Beth Center on v the sports betting network.
5: Welcome in. It is indeed the VSIN Bet Center right here on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado on this first Saturday of May. James, the first Saturday of May, what a great sporting day it is. I think it's one of the best across the entire calendar. You've got perfect weather here in Las Vegas. The Kentucky Derby will go in about an hour or so from now. You've got a prize fight later this evening with Canelo Alvarez on the bill. Not to mention you've got playoff basketball, playoff hockey, and a full card of baseball as well. Uh, Over the years, and especially since moving to Las Vegas, this has been a great day for me. I've just fallen in love with all that is involved on the first Saturday in May. How about you, my friend?
6: First Saturday in May. As far as the menu of options now, now that sports betting is legal here in Colorado, you mentioned the plethora of sports. We've got Stanley Cup hockey playoffs finally going on, started last week. Now into the second round of the NBA playoffs, And we got a tight one right now with Milwaukee and Boston as this grinds down to the last part of the fourth quarter in that matchup, and and you name it. I I think from the Kentucky Derby standpoint, that's not something I typically have bet. And not going to be, you're not going to want to tail me in any kind of horse racing bets. (laughs) But I know there's plenty of folks, smart folks on this network and the VEASAN Derby Guide. So many different things that you can use as a resource to be able to find ways to to get some action in on the Derby. So, so many different things out there. But right now, I'm a little focused on the close of this Milwaukee-Boston game here in Game 3. It's a two-point game with just under four minutes to go here in the fourth quarter.
5: Yeah, three minutes and 44 seconds left to go. The live line is currently not available uh, as far as the screen I'm looking at. The Milwaukee Bucks up by just a bucket with Boston at the line. First free throws, no good. So, still a two point lead from Milwaukee, 97 95. Three minutes and 44 seconds left to go. Milwaukee looking to take a two games to one lead in that series as this series shifts to Milwaukee. Uh, James, let's begin with some baseball. We've got uh, baseball going to first pitch here in just about five minutes, and that is in Cleveland, where the Guardians are hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. This is game two of a doubleheader. It'll be Tristan McKenzie, facing Ross Stripling, and Toronto took Game 1 on the road 8-3 to over the Guardians. The Jays opened up as minus 135 favorites for the second half of the doubleheader, but right now we're down to minus 125 on the Jays. The total remains at 7.5, and and I imagine a little bit of that dip towards the Guardians as far as the money line is concerned is betters taking a look at the Guardians, figuring they can get a split here in the doubleheader. If you
6: want to put your money on Tristan McKenzie, and that's somebody I typically don't trust when it comes to being able to locate and, and throw strikes consistently. He's been, I think, last year with McKenzie and young pitcher and plenty of talent, but up and down, back and forth out of the minors and and back up to the bigs last year because he struggles to locate. Had a good outing his last go-around, but you look at where – there, and I think for for the gardens here Brady, they're really going to need him to eat some innings. Shane Bieber in that first game of the Twin Bill couldn't get out of the fourth inning. Really struggled three and uh, just going three and a thirds innings. Couldn't find, couldn't locate the zone. Really struggled to uh, feel like the fastball has just not got the same pop. And if he doesn't have the fastball now, the off-speed pitches for Bieber are just not nearly as effective because they got he got tagged. Couldn't get out of that fourth inning, so they had to use five relievers. Relievers. Or the Guardians to close out to, to get through that nine inning contest against the Blue Jays, and I think for for me a lot of times if I'm I typically don't bet a whole lot of the uh, of double headers because you've got to be aware of that you're going to have some switch a cat you're going to have switch behind the dish when it comes to the catcher you got to relook at the lineup see if anything happened uh, any changes within the lineup and then also look at the bullpens and like I said with the Guardians going five relievers deep probably going to need. Tristan McKenzie to have to eat some innings here. I was looking to see, could we find potentially any kind of player props in regards to the pitchers? Nothing um, up here at BetMGM. They are not listed as far as any kind of pitcher props in this game, so no play for me.
5: Yeah, I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that it's a doubleheader as well. And of course, a lot of doubleheaders going on today with all the rainouts on Friday and a couple more rainouts today on Saturday as well should have a full slate of action on Sunday, possibly a doubleheader. Uh, for your Sunday slate in Major League Baseball as well. Yeah, I actually bet on Shane Bieber and the Guardians today and obviously lost that one. Did get a winner with the Minnesota Twins and trying to root home the Astros right now who are currently trailing The Detroit Tigers. Marcus Smart hits the second of two free throws, and now the Celtics are down just by a point, 97-96 in Game 3 between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. And there's a bucket for the Milwaukee uh, Bucks to make it uh, 99-96, now a three-point advantage over the visiting Celtics. Uh, James the Pirates and the Reds they will be competing in game two of a twin bill as well this one will go to first pitch at about 340 Pacific 640 Eastern time and it'll be Moretta taking on Mitch Keller for the Buccos the Reds took the opener 9-2 just the fourth win on the season for the Redlegs the Pirates opened as minus 120 favorites with a total of nine and right now we are at the uh, Pirates favored by minus 125 so they've taken a Action to try and get a split in this doubleheader as well. And James, what does that say about the Cincinnati Reds when you're a home dog to the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs>
6: And for, for both games of the twin bill, it just says you're a bad baseball team. And that's why they only had one, three games prior to this matchup in the first game. So I guess we can say Cincinnati's on a roll four and 22. I really didn't put much effort into handicapping this game here. Brady looking at both sides. Pirates aren't a team that I'm going to want to look to back and the reds are a team. I'm either looking to fade or just completely stay away from as home dogs. And both of these, in a sense, maybe they can pull off the sweep here, uh, at this point, four and 4-22. Now, I haven't played a whole lot of home games, a lot of road games for the Cincinnati Reds, but we know that lineup and, and that roster really was gutted during the offseason, so not a play I want to make, not a game I'm going to watch.
5: James, have you bought into kind of the auto-fade of the Cincinnati Reds? I, I tell you, I have done it, and I want to say I've bet against them probably close to 10 times, and I, I think maybe it's only not worked once. And then you look at uh, guys that have taken it a step further than that, betting against the reds on the run line it's been an incredible run of winning bets when betting against the reds on the run line so not only are they losing they're losing by a wide margin i have not i wish i had maybe i'd be sitting on a beach somewhere earning 20 percent. that would be gone
6: <laughs> If mean, think about the reds and how bad they've been for, when you're talking about the run line you know some of these games they've been such massive underdogs when you're talking about straight up money line but A lot of those games, when you're laying that run line, probably small plus prices. I remember that back, was it last weekend that they were here in Colorado where the Reds and looking at Colorado with the Rockies, laying a run and a half, a number of those games, they were maybe plus 120, plus 115, so even getting a dog price, I think those days are probably going to dry up once this Pittsburgh Pirates series is complete, but no, I really haven't gotten aboard that train, so I did not, I was not able to capitalize on the Cincinnati Reds and the, the, the awful start to the first month of the season this year.
5: Yeah, there was a game, uh, you talk about that series, in Colorado with the Cincinnati Reds. I think Colorado was about minus 115, minus 120, on the money line, not not the run line, yeah. and uh, just thought that was such a short price, and that was during my uh, run of fading the Reds. And hopefully, uh, we'll have some more favorable matchups coming up here soon, and I'll get back on that train. But I thought that was such a short price. Colorado ended up winning that game eleven to nothing yeah. over Cincinnati as about a minus one fifteen favorite. So c- certainly something to look at. Opportunity does exist, I believe in going against the Cincinnati Reds this baseball season. The Boston Celtics now have the lead as they hit another free throw. They're 100-99 over the Milwaukee Bucks and we've got just about a minute and 45 seconds left in this contest. Milwaukee does have the ball. James, uh, this is going to be a big win. If Boston can get this one, the first of two in Milwaukee, I think that gives them a real edge in this series. We saw game one where Milwaukee came out and I think they were maybe being a little bit disrespected. The Celtics were of course favored in that game but you're talking about the defending NBA champion and they really dominated in game one now the Celtics came back and even the series at one apiece in game two but this feels like a pivotal game here game three in Milwaukee yeah
6: and you just had a shot clock violation for Milwaukee turnover goes back to Boston here with a, up one with a minute 25 to go and and great help defense a couple of penetrations for Milwaukee couldn't get in there had to re- reverse the ball and ultimately Giannis gets the ball down on the block but too late to be able to get a shot up and it, it's been really a tale of two of, of quarters really for that matter the second quarter dominated by Boston third quarter kind of got a wake-up call there was the there was a foul a pretty hard foul not a flagrant foul it, it, it's amazing everything Needs to go to the monitor now for any of these fouls in this league. Can anybody play through contact in, the, in this game anymore, Brady? But thinking about thinking about where the the Bucks stand in this game. I mean, they had a I think it was a 12 point lead rolling into this fourth quarter, and it has completely evaporated here. And it's really a testament to the Boston Celtics defense in the half court, and they've really had to bottle up Giannis. Giannis had a great game for the first three quarters, but he's really having to carry the load. I think right now, Brady, we're we're seeing in a game like this where Giannis has to basically run run the b point center point forward and have to facilitate everything not only from scoring the basketball but starting out up op- top of the circle with the basketball. I mean, that's a lot of energy to expend, and I think you're really seeing the absence of Middleton on this in this game right now for the Milwaukee Bucks.
5: Yeah, maybe that is finally starting to catch up to them. We certainly yeah. didn't see it in Game 1 or Game 2. We didn't see it in the series against the Chicago Bulls, but it uh, looks like maybe that is starting to rear its head right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. They have 50 seconds left in regulation. They've gone to a commercial break, and the Milwaukee Bucks are trailing the Celtics by a point, 100. You to 99. When we come back, we'll have some more baseball previews. We'll update you on the final seconds of this Game 3 between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. We've got the Rangers and the Penguins coming up. Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll drop the puck at the top of the hour. And then the 148th run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby down at Churchill Downs. That is race 12 going down there in Louisville, Kentucky. That one will go to post in about 45 minutes from now. So if you don't don't have your bets in you're going to want to get to the window for some action the most exciting 2 minutes in sports more here on the Vsin bet center coming up right around the corner stick around at Vsin the sports betting network
1: This is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome back into the V Sin Bet Center, Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. Just about four and a half seconds left in regulation between the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks, going at it in Milwaukee for Game Three. And an interesting turn of events there. They came back from the TV timeout, James, and the Milwaukee Bucks go up one hundred three to one hundred. Now the Boston Celtics at the free throw line. First free throw is good. 103 to 101 is your current score. Interestingly, Milwaukee opened as a two point favorite. That's exactly where we are right now. 212 and a half was the opener for the total, obviously sitting it under that number right now. And if you bet the under, you're sweating that this game does not go to overtime.
6: Yeah, and I think they, they only gave him two free throws on this one, correct, Brady? Because he went up beyond the three-point line, but never really got the ball up above his waist when he was fouled. So they, I think they were calling it down on the floor, not a shooting motion. I'm not positive here, but I, I think we'll, we'll find out here if they're looking at two shots. So with that said, yeah, they're looking to block out here. So I think he's got to try to miss. He does, and he gets his own board back, puts it up, couldn't finish. Now that one goes in the tip back. No, goes it's after. In that's after. Yes. It, no, yes. I, I think that's after. Wow, they had like four shots at tipping that ball. And it was a really good, it was a really good miss by Smart was able to get his hands off it. Banked it off the back. Made sure he hit the rim. So you obviously have to hit the rim on any free throw attempt. And they're gonna have to go review this, Brady. So yeah, if you're betting the under here, you are sweating or you bet the over, you're hoping that they do count this. Goes to overtime. I, I, a quick glance would in live time in real time, I don't think it came in after after the after the horn. We'll see here in just a second.
5: It looked like, like you say, about three or four putback attempts by the Boston Celtics just to make a bucket there and tie nope. it at 103 Not apiece. Good. And you can Not see good. now on the replay there, yeah, that was definitely after the horn. So the Milwaukee Bucks should win this one, 103 to 101. Marcus Smart made the first free throw and then had to very uh, uh, um, skillfully was able to hit the rim and bounce it directly back to himself. He put up a shot that missed, another tip back missed and then i believe it was a third attempt that the one that went in fell in after the horn so milwaukee takes this one by two points and very interesting there if you got the opening number you got a push uh but the closing number was milwaukee by two and a half so celtics betters uh they don't get the outright win but they get the cash and of course the game stays well under the total milwaukee now leads this series two games to one and they will have game four on their home floor that will be a very interesting contest there well,
6: uh, I'm drying my hands off right now. I definitely <laughs> you have You were sweating that one. I was sweating this one. What I did didn't you have? play the game what straight you- up. Well, I have a couple positions on the on the Bucks to get to the finals. So I have a I have them with the Suns to get to the finals. That one's at 10 to one. And then I also have the bucks to beat the warriors and the warriors to beat the bucks. Both of those were at 20 to one. Mm. So that I got that one last Sunday during the game one of this, of this series. So it, more so not so much. It was wow. the, I've already got a position on the Bucks. Let me double up in a sense and kind of hedge where I have both the Suns and the warriors. I just figured both of those teams going at it. If they're able to get their 20 to one, that just seemed too big because ultimately you're going to lose one of those. So in, in a sense, it's nineteen to one. I really was betting the number from that standpoint with the Warriors and the Bucks in a sense to get to the NBA Finals. So, but but obviously with both of those bets, it, the position is heavily on the side of the Bucks. So didn't want to see them lose the home court in the first game back here to to move the series back to Milwaukee in Game Three, and came down to uh, came down to well half a set, quarter of a what. A third of a second, maybe, where it potentially came off Horford's hand to get there. Yeah, I'm a little hands are a little shaky. <laughs> hands are a little wet here cuz those are pretty sizable positions I have on the Bucks to get to the finals.
5: Well, now I understand. Yeah, you definitely are heavy on the Bucks. Bullish on the Bucks are you, and then you couple that with some plays both on the Suns and the Warriors, and I don't think that's a bad position at all. And you're right. That was a huge win per yes. your bets because now they've got another game coming up at home, and if they are able to win that, that will give them a commanding 3 games to 1 lead over the Boston Celtics. Now, the other series going on in the East, the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid did come back for the 76ers in game three and they were able to take out the Miami heat. The Miami heat were absolutely dominating that series without Embiid in the lineup. And a little bit of a minor miracle there that he was able to play, of course, had the face guard on. You had talked about that when we had analyzed his uh, possibility of coming back from that orbital injury, also a concussion. He did clear concussion protocol, but we thought that that would be very much of a distraction for him just to play with that face mask and everything. Didn't seem to bother him on Friday. Friday night as the 76ers find themselves getting back into this series with Miami. And, and was not the focal point of the offense. We know he's going to be the focal
6: point of any opponents, the defensive side, because you've got to guard him at all three levels on the floor. And it is one of the tougher matchups in the, in the league. We know that, but it it was really a concerted effort to, to, to focus. I think, and maybe, a little too much focus from the Miami Heat trying to collapse on Embiid and looking at the amount of threes, open looks, a lot of open looks, really just one of those games from the Miami Heat. They just didn't really see – they didn't bring the energy and the intensity the way that they did the desperation side for the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers, no, they already lost the first two games, got handled pretty good down there in South Beach and needed to come out with a much more inspired effort. You lose that game, you're down 3-0. The series is pretty much cooked. Much more, much more intensity on the side of the Philadelphia 76ers, and it really kept, really showed in their focus too. They knocked down a number sixteen out of thirty three from three point land, and a lot of those threes Brady were really. Wide open threes, making the extra pass. Really did a great job to be able to, to move the basketball around. 32 made field goals for the Sixers in that game. Came off a 22 assist. That tells you there this team was sharing the ball, passing up a good shot for a great shot. Guys knocked him down. And you're going to see teams, especially a team like the Sixers, with the number of young players. Yes, Harden's a veteran player as well as Embiid. But yeah, you, you think about Maxi in particular. Maxi kind of was, after that first in that game against Toronto where he had a what it was trying to get to 40 points in that game one in that first-round series against the Raptors, kind of really hadn't heard a whole lot from Maxie since then and had a spectacular game last night. Very aggressive, very confident. He was 5 of 6 from the three-point land. I think we'll see a different inspired effort on the defensive side for Miami. There'll be adjustments made by Spolstra from game three to game four. You can count on that.
5: James, let's shift over to the action on the ice. The Colorado Avalanche, the team, uh, of course, they're in your backyard. They are in Nashville for Game 3 with the Nashville Predators. And right now at the second intermission, headed towards the third period there in Nashville. They have a two-goal lead, 5-3 to three, over the Predators. It wasn't long before the end of the second period that this game was tied at two apiece, and Colorado storms in the second half of the second period for three more goals to take a 5-3 to three advantage over Nashville. In the live market, they are 2.5-goal favorites. you got to lay minus 145 if you think they can cover that. The total in the game has gone to 10.5, a, a very high total there, already eight Eight on the board for these two teams. And James... I actually bet Nashville the other night in Colorado in game two. They were plus 300, three to one dogs to knock off the Colorado Avalanche in game two. They had a five on three situation there in the third period. They could not get one in the net. The game was tied at one apiece. They ended up going to overtime. A good bet on a big dog, but it didn't work out. Ultimately, Colorado won that contest two to one, and I felt like that was the breaking point for Nashville. If they could not get that one uh, in Colorado in such such a hard fought rebound type effort for the Predators, then I think this series is pretty much over. I think Colorado may go on to sweep them from here.
6: Well, and thinking about that game two back here a couple days ago in Colorado. It, that was one of the more competitive games we've seen in this first round of, of all these series, right? Really, it, it just hasn't been it has really haven't had those. We've had some bounce backs, right? You lose game one, you fire back in game two kind of deal, but just hasn't really felt like competitive playoff hockey like we're accustomed to where it's coming down to the third period the, the the score is tied it's low scoring games and i think here the concern for the abs is looks like they did just take a goal off the board here for the abs i think it went to to review we'll see but um but as far as the maybe not uh excuse me on that but i think the biggest concern for the AVs is the status of goalie darcy kemper he went down late yeah. in that first period stick inadvertent stick for sure from from one of the predators but stick right through the mask right into the eye he crumpled up he was down face over his head didn't see couldn't see what happened i haven't heard what update he had obviously wasn't he didn't come back into the second period and then you saw the the score explosion on both sides i think the abs felt like an urgency all right we know our our main goaltender is out we're gonna have to put some more goals on the board here and they did this Five total goals scored in that second period. But big concern, not so much maybe for this series. They win this game. They'll have a stranglehold in the series up 3 nothing against the Predators. But moving forward, depending on the status for Darcy Kemper, that is a huge injury to keep an eye on.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nothing more uh, impactful than an injury to your goalkeeper. And, of course, Colorado, the favorite in the Western Conference to come out of that conference. That could change things going forward. It'll be interesting to see the adjusted conference odds series odds what have you I agree with you I don't think it's a huge deal with this game or with this series against Nashville I think this series was over like I mentioned earlier when Nashville could not get that win in overtime the other night uh, that was probably their best push their biggest punch that they were going to make in this series and it may be all for naught at this point we'll talk a little more puck on the other side we'll bring in an expert to analyze it with us here inside the v-sin bet center coming up in about 30 minutes from now another good series between the the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll be right back.
1: This is Bet Center on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome back into the v Sin Bet Center. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you on the first Saturday in May. What a day in sports indeed. The first basketball game goes to the Milwaukee Bucks, but the money goes to the Celtics. The Bucks closed as two-and-a-half-point favorites. They win it 103-101. to 101. The game stays well under the total, and the Milwaukee Bucks now take a two-games-to-one series lead over Boston, the first hockey game of the day went to the Washington Capitals. They trounced the Florida Panthers 6 to 1. They take a 2 games to 1 lead in that series and game 2 on the day, the Colorado Avalanche in Nashville Going into Nashville with a two games to none lead on the Predators and a two-goal lead right now on the Predators, five to three after two periods, getting uh getting ready to start the third period here and the live line on the avalanche. They are minus two and a half goals. You got to lay minus one forty-five if you think they can cover that. And your in-game total has gone to ten and a half with already eight goals on the board we want to bring in an expert voice now to join the conversation that is andrew mcginnis he's a hockey expert and professional hockey handicapper he's also the co-founder of mayflower sports and the host of the puck time podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at McInnisPicks. picks and Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. Let's start with the Rangers visiting the penguins that will go to puck drop here in about 30 minutes from now. And this series treated us to a triple over, uh, overtime game to get things started that went the way of the penguins, New York rebounds with a win in game two to even this series at one game apiece. Now the Rangers are still a decent-sized favorite at minus 155 or so to win this series. Game three in Pittsburgh, pretty close, really just about a pick'em on the money line here with the Pittsburgh Penguins at about even money. The New York Rangers, a small road favorite at about minus 120, your total at five and a half. What are your thoughts on this contest, game three in the Steel City?
7: Well, thank you so much for having me on, and uh, you know, look at this game. I look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers. It's going to be an absolute battle. I expect a seven-game series here. I expect it to go the distance, and I think so far what we've seen between the Penguins and the Rangers is a battle of the depth, actually, and so far the Rangers are most certainly winning that battle with players like Strom, Andrew Kopp, the players kind of not on the main uh, lines, you know, top two lines, but the guys in the far lines getting it done, and I expect Pittsburgh to bounce back here. I like Pittsburgh tonight. I like the under tonight. I expect a low-scoring, gritty victory for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I will say this. The same thing I've been saying about the Boston Bruins, I'll say about the Pittsburgh Penguins. I talk about how important depth is. Well, how about that first line with Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby? Those are the guys you want to look towards if you're a prop better because they have been capitalizing on all of their chances.
6: Andrew, let's dig a little deeper into the depth of the Pittsburgh Penguins, not only with their front lines here, and all six goals so far from the Pens in this series have come from their top two lines, but take us inside the depth uh, at be- between the pipes here with the goaltending situation for the Penguins down to their third-string goaltender with Lurie Doming here. How do you feel about him being able to step in now and have to sustain this Penn series to, to get as far as you think it will to seven games?
7: Well, it's just been an absolute injury filled playoff for every team, but most especially at the goaltending position, as we saw again in that Colorado game earlier on. But in this one in particular, when I look at Louis Domingue, I see an experienced veteran goaltender. So that was a very weird situation for him to come in a second overtime, freezing cold. He was talking about how he had a full meal in the locker room. That's a very weird situation. But uh, from the trade-off from DeSmith to Deming, I think that uh, I'm a bit of a contrarian. I-, I don't see too much of a difference, actually. I like the experience that Domingue has. Um, I look at that game following the win from the Penguins. They're an older team. And I know it's the playoffs, but I had a feeling that game would would most certainly affect Pittsburgh's legs more than it would with the Rangers which is why I think Pittsburgh will be ready for a bounce back tonight.
5: Andrew, if you look at how these playoffs have gone so far through the first three or four games of each series, it just seems like a very rudimentary approach can churn out a profit for you, and that's either bet the dog or bet the road team. And why do you think that is, and would you agree that that's maybe a very simple but profitable formula going forward?
7: Well, both teams are very well coached. Both teams know how to respond, and I don't think they're going to be bothered by you know which arena they're playing in. It's sometimes I think that you get a little bit too much in your head as a coach, though, with the matchups. You know, As everybody knows, when you play at home, you get that last change, which is very important. The other coach has to send out his players first between whistles. So maybe you're thinking about it too much, and you're a little bit in your head about that. But they're very well coached, um, and I think that this is going to be a tight series, like I mentioned. But when you look at the dog, you look at it, I talk about the uh, you know the depth in this series. I think in this game, we're going to see, again, not the top line uh, for the Rangers, but the, the battle of the Andrew Cops and, and those players. And if they can make a difference, then it's going to be all Rangers, unless we see the Pittsburgh Penguins' depth show up. How about Evgeny Malkin? Can he show up tonight? Can we get something out of him? and company in the second and third line for the Penguins.
6: Andrew Luce move on to the nightcap and Stanley Cup playoffs tonight with Dallas now being able to split that first two games there in Calgary coming back home to host game three and really after Calgary scored that power play goal with about five minutes into game one they haven't been able to get the puck into the net since then really great job by the Stars shutting everything down for the Flames and really interesting series coming in you think about the Flames had the highest goal differential coming into the playoffs and then the Stars the only team rolling into the playoffs with a negative goal differential. They were minus eight rolling into this into this series. Where are we going to go here? Where are you looking at here with the Stars coming home? Some veterans on that team as a pretty sizable dog, plus 145 or plus 150 at some books. How do you like this game tonight?
7: I love that you mentioned the goal differential because it's just such a difference between these two clubs and the Dallas Stars have the makeup of a playoff team, physical always have great goaltending, and they have lots of experience on that roster. And I'd say they limped into the playoffs. I mean, they definitely weren't playing very well heading in, but they made it here, and here they are battling every game. You know, I thought in that second game, we would see more of a high-scoring one. I I thought we'd see Calgary get a few, and we continue to see that great defense and goaltending from Dallas. But they are very deep. They've got a countless number of players. I believe it was four 30-goal scorers on the season. Uh, where I'm looking in this game in particular is actually the first period over whether or not through 60 minutes, we see goals and lots of action. I think we'll see it early on in this one here. I think we'll see plenty of goals. Look at the, the, the way that that last game ended, how many chances there were. Uh, I don't think they can maintain that great defense and goaltending on the Dallas stars end, but even Dallas were creating chances against Calgary as well. I cashed with that similar strategy with uh Uh, the Predators and Avalanche first period over. And I'm going to do the exact same thing here with Dallas and Calgary tonight.
5: He is Andrew McInnes. You can follow him on Twitter at Picks, And you can also listen to his podcast, Puck Time. Andrew, it's interesting that you say that. And I certainly understand your your theory there uh, going over in the first period. But if you look at these two teams, really, ever since Daryl Sutter came over and took over as head coach for Calgary, they have really become more of a defensive team. And it seems like for years that the Dallas Stars have really been built from the goal out I wonder if there's a bet that you could possibly make where, you know, the team who scores first is going to go on and win because we saw the Dallas Stars do that the other night. They were able to just load up in front of the goal and play defense and win that game, a very low-scoring affair. Is that something that you would be betting on in what seems to be a very defensive series between these two clubs?
7: I think that's a great idea, and you look at them and the way that they play once they get the lead, like you mentioned, they know how to protect it. So I, I'm, you know, I'm younger, I'm part of the new generation, but I can, I can watch a low scoring hockey game. I can get interested by it. I still find them excited. Some people don't like Dallas stars hockey for the exact reason that you just mentioned, but talking about that bet you just put that you are talking about, I agree because you look at both of these clubs and how they're coached. The second they get the lead on the bench, we will see the respected coaching staffs delivering the message like, Hey. Let's sit back. Let's protect things and, uh, you know, not try and give ourselves up in any vulnerable positions. So it's a great point and And especially from that Dallas Stars club, because the second they get the lead, I might even look towards a in-game under once we see the Dallas Stars get the lead, because whether or not they keep that and win the game or not, we know we're going to see a defensive game.
5: There you go. That That's a good way you can attack it, certainly. If Dallas scores first, okay, bet the in-game under. James, look at your prop sheet there. See if you, We're about to go to commercial. See if you can find something on the team that scores first will win the game. I think that's just the way these two teams play hockey. Andrew, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the two tilts tonight on the ice. Thank you so much. All right, that is Andrew McGinnis, and of course, they're getting ready. In fact, they have started the third period in Nashville, about a minute and a half in, still 5-3 to three in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. Nashville really playing for their playoff lives right now. They gave it everything they had in Game 2, took it to overtime, but could not secure the victory. They now trail the series two games to none to Colorado. 5-3 to three, your current score in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. On the baseball scoreboard, just two games currently in action. Detroit still leading Houston 2-1, and Boston leading Chicago, the White Sox 1-0. We'll be right back with some Kentucky Derby talk. They're about to run for the Roses in Louisville.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast.
1: This is Bet Center on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: The vSIN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything vSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vison.com and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball bets, Jonathan Von Tobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals, Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup Playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full Vsin experience, which features daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber all the way through July 31st. Sign up now, vcin.com slash spring. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the v Sin Bet Center in just a little over 10 minutes from now. The crown jewel of the first Saturday in May sports calendar is indeed the Kentucky Derby. The 148th run for the Roses will take place here in just over 10 minutes from now from Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. Scheduled to go at 3.57 Pacific Time, 6.57 Eastern. So just a few more minutes left to get your bets down. Now, James, I know you told me before the show, you mentioned it at the open. This is not an event you necessarily like to invest in money-wise, but I tell you, it it was a long time ago, 28 years ago, when I came to Las Vegas, one of the very first bets I made in in the strangest of all handicaps, you know, who showed up on our show, who stiffed us, which name I like, and, you know, just basically the way a casual better handicaps the Kentucky Derby. I landed on Thunder Gulch and Gary Stevens at 25 to 1 in 1994 maybe 1995 I think that was and uh, they won So, I, and the excitement in the sports book and the way these people go nuts for this event I absolutely fell in love with it and of course I do have a little action on it today but uh, you know and then you've got I have called it the Vegas double dip I've done it a few times with some friends where we go to the sports book we spend all day betting the races at Churchill Downs we go get a, a nice meal down on the strip and then we go watch the prize fight tonight of course Canelo uh, Canelo Alvarez against Bivol and uh, it's just a remarkable day in Las Vegas and now all over the country where you have sports betting available and uh, I I tell you I can't wait the horses are making their way to the gate.
6: So your first Kentucky Derby Bet Brady, you won it. It was twenty-five to one. Did I get that right?
5: That's correct.
6: Yeah, Thunder Golt. No wonder you got hooked. If oh, first bet I ever made was a twenty-five to one winner. I'd have, I probably would have framed it and and figured I was the a king of the horse handicappers, and that is definitely not my forte. You know, we have the The sports betting landscape and the lane—I like to call it the lane—my sports betting lane has a lot of different. I, I roll with a lot of different things within my lane when it comes to sports betting. But when it comes to the horses, I'm going to defer to folks that know. And I know there's so many different things that go into handicapping, handicapping the horses. You're talking about the trainers and and the breed. There's so much so much to go into it. I'm curious, from your perspective here, how do you? How much time do you spend? Is it just the the Kentucky Derby or maybe even potentially the Triple Crown? How much time do you spend, uh, regardless of the the Kentucky Derby, other horse racing, or is this really the crown jewel for you when it comes to getting involved and betting on the horses?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I am a very casual horse player. And a lot of times, you know, on a day off, uh, either with my wife or with some friends, we'll go to the sports book and, and spend a few hours just betting the ponies and having a couple of drinks and lunch and whatnot and, and have some fun with it. Uh, I always bet the Kentucky Derby. Usually I will bet all three Triple Crown races and then maybe a little bit of action on the Breeders' Cup as well, which is really a remarkable event, bigger even than the Kentucky Derby for horse players. Uh, But no, I I will never claim to be an advanced horse handicapper. You know, I talked about when I hit Thunder Gulch way back when. That was when I came to Las Vegas and I was doing a show with Dave Koken out of the MGM Grand Racing Sportsbook. And just by osmosis, I learned a lot about horse racing. I learned a lot of the jockeys. Learned a lot of the trainers, learned which horses and which trainers and jockeys and such were good on which tracks. And so I I have a very elementary level education on horse racing. But, you know, James, and I think this is valuable information that people can take uh, moving forward in their sports betting hobby or profession uh, like you say, the lane. My, my lane is NFL football and PGA Tour golf. For everything else, I listen to smart people, and that's what I did on the horses. I mean, you look at the people here at VEASAN, Sean King, Patrick Maher, Chris Andrews over at the South Point, Vinny Malayulo, Dave Tooley, uh, Dwayne uh, Dwayne uh, Colucci over over at the Rampart. All these folks, uh, Jeremy Plonk, uh, Jeff Siegel, all of these folks have been on air and in our Kentucky bet uh, Kentucky Derby betting guide all week. And so that's what I did this morning. I, I went around and, and just uh, went through all this information and and figured out, you know, who these guys like and then kind of made some of my own decisions from there. And I think for the most part, they, they were on the shorter priced horses. Uh, Zandon is the favorite or or a co-favorite anyway. I believe he's currently at about six to one. Uh, Messier, who is named after the hockey star, Mark Messier, he is the co favorite at six to one as well. Those seem to be kind of the uh, consensus choices for all the guys. So, what I did is I took Zandon and put him at the top and then boxed him with uh about four or five other horses to come in, either in an exacta or a trifecta. So, Zandon has to be in the top two or three for me to cash a ticket. And then with him, I added Messier. Taiba, who is uh, a former Bob Baffert horse, and that's one of the real big stories here, James. We're used to seeing Bob Baffert uh, at every Triple Crown race. Of course, he has been banned by Churchill Downs. He had the winner in Medina Spirit last year, and then it wasn't the winner when they found some doping evidence and whatnot. Uh, So Bob Baffert is not here, but his former horse, Taiba, is, and he's around a 7 or 8 to 1 shot. I added him in that box and then charge it and Cyber Knife. And so those are my five horses with Zandon on the top. And, you know, hopefully some combination of those comes in either first, second or first, second and third. And then, James, I I just went to the tried and true handicap of, you know, my son's name is Jack. So I put a couple bucks on happy Jack to show.
6: Okay, well, then that's (laughs) uh, you mentioned Zandon and I had heard about uh, Zandon earlier in the week. And before I think it was around eight to one and I saw it earlier at seven to one. Now it's down to six to one. So I've missed the money. But. I can't be on here with you. I know they're gonna. I know they're gonna raise the gate here shortly. So I am just gonna. Uh, it's gonna be a small wager for me. I'm just gonna put a hundred dollars, and I'm gonna put it on Zandon at six to one. Uh, rolling with you and a number of other smart folks, and obviously this is, we're looking at one of the one of the shorter favorites here. Correct. So not a big payday, but. I got to do something. I mean, we're here. We're doing this live. It's going to run here in just a few minutes. That's going to be my play. Zan at 6-1. to
5: We'll get your blood rushing. Uh, You're going to have to turn the TV. And and we actually might uh, be going to break here when they do break out of the gates and run this race. And we know it only lasts about two and a half minutes or so. So we might not be live on the air when it's going down. And if that's the case, you're going to have to turn up the volume there on your monitor, James, because, you know, when you've got a bet in hand and you're sweating this race, there's no bigger rush when they come around that final turn and the guy says, and down the stretch they come. That'll get your blood and, rushing. And start banging their program. And Now, I <laughs> i mean, when I was a kid,
6: well, in, in high school anyway, we probably should have been in class, but there was the, uh, the old Greyhound dog track, the Mile High dog track, Mile High Kennel Club, and we would... Uh, to the Wednesday afternoon matinee. We weren't even old enough to get in at the time, but it was a good excuse to uh, have an extended lunch in our high school days. But we're talking about dogs and doing tri-box dogs, things like that. Just having some fun as high school kids getting involved with it. So for me, I'm not making a big bet here, Brady. We talked about uh, my sweaty palms with the Milwaukee Bucks and the position that I have on that team and a couple different bets to get to the finals. Those are pretty large positions for me, so that's going to induce a little uh, sweaty palm action here. I think for me here, it's just going to have a little fun i'm just putting a small wager on it just to hang with you
5: well maybe if you want to uh throw another couple of bucks on taiba and messier to show or across the board or something like that that'll pretty much cover all our bases but uh i'm with you on zandon yeah absolutely i hope he wins if he wins that will be really good and if i can get any other combination of these guys to uh follow him uh, we'll certainly be cashing some tickets if you look at the board here uh Mo Donegal is in the one hole, and this was a he's along the rail there. This was a horse that a lot of people uh liked, but when they saw that draw, uh they were not real happy with that. He is at ten to one happy Jack is in the two hole he's at twenty one to one epicenter is a horse that a lot of people like. He is actually now the favorite at four to one. Summer is tomorrow at 35 to 1. Smile Happy at 15 to 1. Messier, I mentioned, at 6 to 1. Crown Pride at 17 to 1. Charge It, that's another horse I like, at 16 to 1. Tis the Bomb, a long shot, a bomb indeed, at 29 to 1. Zandon, currently at 6 to 1. The Pioneer of Medina, he is at 54 to 1. Taiba, down to five to one, the second choice currently on the board. Simplification at thirty-five to one. Barber Road uh, at fifty-eight to one. I did hear a uh, sharp horse handicapper on Patrick Maher and Sean King's preview earlier this week mentioned they liked a show bet on barber road i did not end up getting down on that one sean king likes white abario at 14 to 1 that's another good horse in this field cyber knife classic causeway tawny port zozos and rich strike round out the board they will be running for the roses here momentarily we'll be right back
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Keebi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast.
3: We have a passion for reality TV, and we're
2: inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right.